What's up, listeners? I'm Connor Sanders, the host of the Thundercast. My ho- my co-host McKay Pet joins me today. McKay, how you feeling today, man? I'm good. How you doing? I'm I'm good. This is a a great time in sports. NBA taking a little break Lots with the All Star break going on. Uh, looking forward to that this weekend. XFL stuff going on. Yep. Looking forward to baseball starting soon. College basketball. We were just talking about. There's only what eight games left in the season. Yeah, for that's the tournament. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, winding down quickly. I don't think. We always just forget how quickly these months go. When it gets cold, everything feels like it's going by so slowly. But then you look up and we're halfway through February. It's oh, yeah. pretty hard to believe. But uh, I don't know about you, McCabe. I'm feeling pretty excited for the All-Star weekend. Um, what's your favorite All-Star event? Oh, I, I'd say the dunk contest. Um, growing up, that was always the one I, I was most excited for. Uh, you know, and I, I love going back and watching, you know, the dunk contest from back in the day. Vince Carter's especially. That's oh, what I, I probably remember the most. The the elbow dunk. The, the elbow dunk, yeah. I remember, uh, I remember watching it on YouTube one day in the summer, and I went outside and lowered the rim to seven feet. As low classic as, white people yeah, as, as, behavior. Yep. <laughs> we all did it. We all did oh, it. Absolutely. I remember I'd run up and I, I slammed it, and I tried putting my elbow in there, and it hurt so bad. I was like, why? Like, how did he do that? Oh. I just remember that pain. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I remember trying to recreate the dunk contest dunks. I would always put the hoop too low, though. Uh, you know, you have to actually, like, let yourself jump. And for sure, it, yeah. You know? If you don't have hops, though, it's, it's kind of tough. <laughs> well, let's talk about some people that actually do have hops. The NBA, this is the 69th All-Star Weekend. Nice. Very excited for that. Uh, slam dunk contest for participants. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, McKay. I'm not very excited for this dunk, dunk contest this mm-hmm. year. The participants are Pat Connaughton. Who is like a role player on the Bucks? <laughs> Aaron Gordon, Orlando, Dwight Howard of the Los Angeles Lakers, Derek Jones Jr. from Miami. Wh- who do you think uh, we should watch, or w- why are you excited for the dunk contest? Uh, I, I mean, I'm excited to see Dwight in it again. Um, that would be interesting. I mean, he's he's very creative in the dunk contest that he's yeah. performed in the past. So I don't know. I, I feel like the guys they're all about the. Um, you know the show for this one and they they think really really outside the box so uh I, I don't know just just seeing what crazy things they come up with this time yeah totally uh i think the big news coming in from today is damian lillard has been ruled out with a groin injury devin booker will replace him in the all-star game uh it's a pretty big deal i mean devin booker kind of been one of these fringe players for a long time people yeah. have known he's really good but hasn't found a lot of success in terms of his team just because the suns have been bad for so long uh what do you think about booker making the all-star game um, i'm excited for obviously i'm, I'm disappointed for dame uh, you hate to see him get hurt and, and sit out but i'm excited for for devin to get a chance uh he's one of those guys that if he was with a a bigger market team um probably anyone other than the suns in all honesty uh he'd probably be in it already so uh, I'm excited to see him get a chance and see yeah. what he does. You remember that video that surfaced in the offseason of him playing pickup ball and he yep. got double teamed and that's he got right. all mad? That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> and then everybody was giving him crap. Well, look at him now. He's in the all-star game. Yeah, yeah. Having a good season. He's also replacing Damian Lillard in the three-point contest, but he's not replacing Damian Lillard's halftime show. Dame Dalla will still perform. There we go. According to Chris Haynes. So at least you have that to look for are you a dame music fan have you listened to any of dame's music uh a little bit uh is wasatch front have you heard that one no I, I i've just heard the freestyle that was on uh on sway show that everybody gotcha. talks no, I, about. I haven't heard a ton of his stuff i want to though i'm, I'm excited to see him perform I, hopefully he doesn't hurt his groin anymore true than he already has very but, true um i am looking forward to the three-point contest because just the way the nba is trending i feel like three-pointers are more important than dunks at this point also 
Derek Jones, Aaron Gordon, you can sell me on those guys for the dunk contest. Dwight Howard, I don't think Dwight Howard's that great of an athlete anymore. So yeah, I that's why I'm curious about him. Like, what is he going to do? I, I bet there will be a lot of pageantry in his dunks, but not Very as much true. substance. Um, but Derek Jones Jr., that guy can fly. Yeah. So it will be compelling to watch. But the three-point contest, you got guys like uh, Davis Bertans, who's shooting the lights out, Buddy Heald, Duncan Robinson, Joe Harris, you know, Zach Levine. Uh, and Trey Young, who's also starting in the All-Star game. It's going to be an exciting weekend. Um, but I think that the most interesting part will probably just actually be the actual game. The roster's both completely stacked. Yep. Um, homages to Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant, who passed away recently with all of the te- players on Team Giannis wearing number 24, all of the players on Team LeBron wearing the number two, which is Gigi's number. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a very emotional night. I think remembering Kobe and uh, remembering Gianna and trying to celebrate them. But also, I just think that the way the teams broke down is going to be really interesting. And I think that the new structure, with I think that they're only going to score 24 points in the fourth quarter to try and, uh, instead of having it just extend out super long and be super high scoring. Uh, what are you looking forward to from the, the All-Star game this week? Uh, I mean, I'm just excited to see so many of these uh, star athletes on the court at the same time. Um, you never know. I mean, if they take it serious or not. I feel like sometimes, you know, when, <laughs> when it winds down, it's a little bit closer. They'll kind of lock in. But uh, I'm hoping there's some actual good basketball. There usually isn't, but maybe we'll see some this time. Yeah, it's it, it's a the All Star lineups are always a kind of an interesting reflection of where the NBA is trending. Um, if you look at the starting lineup for Team Giannis, you got Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Pascal Siakam, who are all players not from the United States of America, and then Luka Doncic on the other side. Uh, so f- four of the ten all-star yeah. starters coming from outside of the country. And then you look at all the bench guys, there's a lot of young dudes. you got Brandon Ingram, Donovan Mitchell, um, Jason Tatum, Demonis Sabonis. It's really kind of transitioning, and Devin Booker now making the team. It's, we're transitioning into the future of the NBA. And some of these guys that we were kind of looking at as prospects have already started to make their impact, you know? Yep. But we will see. I think the team LeBron is actually pretty stacked. I, I agree. I'm with you on that. You think that they're going to end up winning this one? I think I don't think it's going to be close. <laughs> you look at you got LeBron, Anthony, Kawhi, Harden, Westbrook. Um, I mean, even without Dame, they're still just going to. I think they're going to crack. Yeah, they've got Jokic, Ben Simmons, and Westbrook all coming off the bench. That's a <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a solid. <laughs> Those bench. guys would be All Star starters any other year. Yep. But with the season AD's having, kind of ice Jokic out, and then it's Simmons. I don't know, man. I'm still. I think everybody's kind of just. We take Simmons with a great of, grain of salt. For sure. Maybe he'll take a three-pointer. In the, can you imagine if <laughs> Ben Simmons actually took a three-pointer in that, the All-Star game? That would game? be great. He doesn't seem like he enjoys those kinds of memes, though. It seems no. like he, it really hurts his <laughs> yeah, feelings. <he> does. <laughs> <laughs> he can't make three-pointers. Everybody's just always giving him crap. I, I'd get so tired of it, too. But All right, that's, I think, a pretty good start um, to look forward to this All-Star weekend. Do people care about the Skills Challenge? I never watched it. No, uh, I mean, maybe when I was younger, I'd, I'd pay a little closer attention, but I feel like unless you like have a fan, like if you're the fan of a player that's in it, you're not going to pay super close. I remember watching it when Darren Williams was in it. Oh, Darren um, Williams was the best. Oh, the that was, I, was, I was super into that one. Um, probably haven't played too close of attention since. Do you think you'd be better at the skills challenge or the three-point contest? Oh, wow. I probably wouldn't be very well in either one of them. I. Are we saying NBA three or more like college three? Uh, let's say college three. I bet 
I bet I, you could knock down a few. Probably college three. Yeah, just because I'm not. I mean, I, I can dribble, but I'm not near as quick as some of these other guys. So I'd, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather take a shot, just pumping threes. I just think I, I could nail the pass through the tire. Yeah. I don't know what it is about <laughs> it, but it just I feel like, especially with the bounce one. Oh yeah. I think I think I could get it done. It looks fun. Like I'd want to try it. We should set up an obstacle course. I'd be down for that. And uh, <laughs> run it through to see who can get the better scores. But I think that's enough on the All-Star game. Let's move over to SU basketball. It's kind of been an interesting time for SU basketball. It seems like consistently winning on Saturdays, but consistently losing on Thursdays. 7-5 and five right now, fourth place in the Big Sky Conference. Um, okay, what are your impressions of the team as they've kind of hit this interesting, uh, almost like a paradox of the season? Um. It's it's exciting. I think the teams obviously uh, they get a little bit frustrated with those with those Thursday night games, and then they roll right back in on Saturday and just just whoop the team that's here. So, um, I mean, it's it's great seeing them bounce back Saturday, but you can tell that they're trying to uh, to get it figured out on Thursday, so uh, they don't have to have that bounce back. Um, but they're you know these these last few games they got are on the road. Uh, or the majority of them are on the road, which six of their last eight, I yeah, think, six are on the, of the road. last eight, which they've been playing better on the road. So I don't think that's <laughs> that's too much of a problem for them. Um, they got big games coming up. Yeah, at Sacramento State on Thursday, and then at Northern Arizona on Saturday. Lost to Northern Arizona in Cedar, but took care of work against Sacramento State mm-hmm. um, while they were here. Uh, yeah, like I mentioned, fourth place. The three teams ahead of them: Northern Colorado, Eastern Washington, and Montana. Montana. Hasn't looked great, but they've done well. They're ten and three right now in conference play. Eastern Washington, I think, is probably the team to beat in the conference. They're no, they're nine and three, mm-hmm. and then I think SU has them at home two weeks from Saturday. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. Uh, a couple of keys to this team, a couple of things I've been keeping an eye on um, as they've progressed throughout the season. Getting Andre Adams back yeah. into the starting lineup has been huge for them. Uh, I think there was a stretch where he was averaging a double double. Um, since he rejoined the team, uh, he missed I think seven games uh, in December with an undisclosed injury. I don't know what it was, but having him back gives this offense a new element. I think Cameron Luton has played very well over the last few games. Uh, I think there's kind of a sneaky chance he can make first team All Big Sky if he really closes the season strong here. Um, but at the same time, those Thursday night games have become almost like a consistent disappointment for SU basketball. Do you have any ideas as to how to switch that around, try and fix things there? You know, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it is it is interesting because they – I think it's three straight home, uh, you know, home weeks of basketball they've had. They lose Thursday and then come back Saturday. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure what the answer is, but they've proven they can win on Saturday. So, I think it's just, you know, figuring out what they got to do for Thursday and they'll be all right. Yeah, it's interesting – we knew that they were going to be good. Uh, I think as of right now, they're the second best team in program history. The only other team being the 2000-2001 team that made the actual NCAA tournament. Fred Monaco, if you're out there, hand up to you. What a great player you were. But um, this is an unreal collection of talent. Uh, but a lot of these guys are seniors. You know, Dwayne Morgan, Andre Adams, Cam. They're, this is the end of their uh, college basketball career. And for some of it, it might be the end of basketball for them. These, this last stretch is going to be so important. I'm really interested to see how they adjust. Um, and then you mentioned they haven't won in Sac State in a long time, have they? Yeah, since uh, 2007. That was the last time they, they won in Sacramento. Um, so I, I think they've got some uh, some extra motivation going in there tonight. Um, 
I think they'll be all right too. Yeah, clobbered them at, when they came to Cedar City. I think the final score, let, I can find it real quick. It was 74 to 49. Sacramento State didn't even score 50 points. That's a Division One basketball team not even scoring 50 points. <laughs> and and SU's been good, but it's not like that they're Duke, you know? That was just Sacramento State so inconsistent. I, I don't understand how they play the way they do, just all defense. Never make a shot. They went like 15 minutes without making a field goal during that. Uh, I, assuming SU gets the win there, that'll be very important. But going to Northern Arizona and trying That's to big. get the win, that'll be tough. I, Northern Arizona has had a very good season. They're one spot behind SU in the standings right now at fifth. They're three games out of first place. Um, this is a, a key, key matchup for the rest of the season. Um, but we will keep an eye on that as they try and get those wins and trying to get back to full health. I mean, Jacoby Long missed some time. Andre Adams missed a lot of time. Dwayne Morgan has been in and out of the lineup. Um, now that I think the SU is really at full strength, is going to be interesting to see how they balance things. Like John Knight the third for the first half of the season was the the guy, you know. Mm-hmm. He was getting the ball so much. He was like top ten in usage rate in the entire entirety of Division One basketball. Now he's taken more of kind of a not as prominent role coming off the bench, still making a lot of plays, still an important part of the offense, obviously, but uh it's just interesting to try and have to balance. I think this team's so unique because it has so much talent. You have so many guys you can go to, rely on, consistently give the ball to. But at the same time, it's like you got the last possession of the game. Who are you going to give it to? And in those close games, it's still been a challenge to try and figure out. But I, I trust in Coach Simon. I know he's going to have everything sorted by the time we actually get to those important games. And SU is always really good in the Big Sky Conference tournament. Yeah. Last year, they made the semifinal the year yep. before as well. And you were just talking to me about the importance of getting that first round by. For sure. Um, I think since SU joined the Big Sky in 2012, no team has won the Big Sky Conference tournament without having a first-round bye, and it's the top five teams mm-hmm. that get a bye in the first round according to their conference record. And looking at the teams around them, Montana State's one game back of SUU at 6-6, six and six, Portland State, who they handled pretty well, and Weber, who beat SUU in Cedar City, are four games back. So it's important that SUU keeps this momentum that they've had going. Because um, there, pe- there are teams behind them chipping at their heels that are going to be eager to try and replace them and, and try and win that first round by. Yep. What do you think uh, we should watch for as the season closes down to try and make sure SU finishes on a high note? Well, I think the, the schedule sets up nicely for them. Um, they've got some tough games. This, this road trip is huge. Uh, if they could get these two wins, I mean, you'd start building that separation between uh, Northern Arizona. And then next week, you've got uh, a game at Northern Colorado at Weber, um, you know, a revenge game up in Ogden. So you've got some teams that are that are around you, and uh, they're very winnable games, I think. Um, and then you come back home, you've got your uh, uh, your last home, your home stretch with uh, Eastern, and then a game against Idaho on senior night, which they should absolutely, you know, blow out that one. Yeah. Idaho's not doing well at <laughs> yeah. all. And then, uh, then you close it up in Montana. Um, so I, I think the schedule – sets up well for them um, to really chip away and, and move up a few spots. And then, like you said, the more healthy they get, the more uh, the more dominant they're getting as they kind of get that flow down. And the great thing about this uh, this season of college basketball, it really doesn't matter what you did those first few months. It's just if you can get hot going into March. Um, so I, I think they're in a good position right now where they can really spark something and, and get rolling. Yeah, that's something that Andre Adams told us after 
the win against Sac State was just they, they don't feel like they're peaking right now and they don't want to be peaking right now you know uh the big sky will never ever I don't think get two bids to the NCAA tournament they will always just have whoever wins the conference tournament and I think the SU is building up to something but sorting it out over these last few weeks you just have so many guys that I feel like are starting caliber players Cameron Luton, John Knight, Dwayne Morgan, Mason Fawcett, Harrison Butler that's five right there and we haven't even mentioned Dre Marine, Audrey Adams, Jacoby Long yeah like it gets deep David Njai has missed some time been in and out of the lineup but he can be a big important player I just feel like the depth the SU has will be a, a strong uh, catalyst for them in the Big Sky Conference Tournament, but now just trying to figure out the most effective way to build out a lead on teams so that they can really take advantage of that depth will be really interesting to watch, especially because teams like Portland State that last you get out and run have zero chance yep. against them. There's just too much ath- athleticism on this team. But smart teams like Weber and Montana, they can slow the game down and really just dribble you to death. 100%. Man, those are, are tough, tough opponents. Like Northern Colorado came in here, and they really took it to SUU. So it'll be interesting to watch. And honestly, I think one of the keys for this team is the production of Cameron Leuton. Every time that they play well, that he plays well specifically, the men's basketball team responds. Um, the issue is that the opponents are doubling him. They are running him off the three-point line, denying him the ball. Uh, everybody has realized... Uh, in the conference, the type of impact that he can have. And also, talking about McKay in the conference setting, how much do you think the SUU's depth can propel them forward? Oh, I think it's going to be a huge, huge factor for him going into that tournament where you're playing games every 24 hours. Um, you're going to see teams that, that get gassed. That's just how a tournament is when you're playing that frequent. And when you have the depth that SUU has, uh, it's going to really, really help them out compared to those other teams where they're not playing near as many guys that, that we got. So uh, if they can make it into that semifinal game, I think you're going to see other teams, you're going to see those weak legs really start to settle in, and then SU can just get in there and, and run on them, which is their that's their game plan. They just want to run the whole game. So uh, I, I think uh, it can really, really help them out. Yeah, I think you think of guys like Damani McIntyre and Jared Hoppo who haven't really played huge roles on the team's term of minutes in those kinds of settings where you can play Demonte McIntyre for four minutes just to give somebody a break Mm -hmm. that's going to prove so useful so I'm really excited to see how they transition there and getting that first round by makes it all that more important because once you get to the semifinal people start losing legs it's going to be interesting to watch it's actually something I think is very important for SU women's basketball who right now sits at uh, I tied for sixth in the conference they're six and six overall in conference play, eight and one at home on the season, um, and then twelve and nine overall. Pretty awesome season for Coach Tracy Sanders in her oh, second she's been season. Killing it, just killing it. Yeah, won first games for her, her first year here, won eight games, and then now has won twelve. The last two seasons, SUU combined had won eleven games, already won twelve with eight games left on the season, and then SU they picked up big wins last week um, on the road playing very well that's kind of been one of the criticisms of the season is that they've played very well at home but haven't really been able to produce on the road but picked up a huge win in overtime at northern colorado and then picked up another big victory at portland state 81 to 72 um so they're coming off a long road trip coming home they host sacramento state tonight thursday night as we're airing the show um and then saturday they host northern arizona who has played very well this season those are going to be two tough games uh northern arizona's second right now in the Big Sky Conference. Sacramento State is not as doing as well, a little bit behind SUU, but they are sit- currently sitting one spot behind from that first round by, but it seems like they're hitting their stride at the right time. 
Uh, and I think, I don't know, it's tough to say because SU hasn't really dominated conference play, but Rebecca Cardenas has dominated conference play, has dominated throughout this season. Uh, right now, I believe she's averaging 17.7 points per game, uh, which is highest in the in Big Sky. Also uh, broke the steals record this season, averaging 4.7 rebounds per game. Um, it'd be interesting to see if she can win conference player of the year, even if the team ends up not winning and finishing in first place. But as of now, no doubt in my mind that she's a first team all-conference performer. Be interesting to see how they close things out here uh, with tough opponents, but they get the next four games at home, which is a huge advantage. Um, and they get to close their season out with six of eight at home. And their road games are at Eastern Washington, who's not great, and at Idaho, who is pretty solid. So be interesting to see how they wind things down. Um, yeah, we rely on anything for women's basketball. Any keys to the to finishing their season well? I think. Uh, I mean, the, the nice thing is they are returning back home, where they've just dominated throughout the season. Um, the tough part, though, is they're trying as they're trying to get in that that top five for that first round by um, the two teams in front of them, Idaho State and Montana. They're both on on win streaks right now. So uh, that that kind of middle of the pack area, it's it's uh, all those teams are playing really really good basketball right now. So. Um, there's not a ton of room for error right now. They got to continue to play well, uh, but like I said, the fact that they're at home where they've just played really well—that's that's going to be a big boost for them. Yeah, and what's interesting as well, traditionally SU basketball has been pretty solid. They've uh, been competing for the Big Sky Conference Championship as recently as five or six years ago, but SU men's basketball has just been kind of not good for so long that this feels. That's why there's so much excitement about the men's team is because this is unprecedented the last two seasons uh finishing 500 last season for the first time since 2006 and now uh well above 500 and pushing forward um but like you say i think the reason the su's women's basketball team started so slow they had to play so many games on the road they had so much ground to cover just physically mm -hmm. flying from place to place rebecca cardenas is in one of my comm classes she misses class every thursday because she's been flying all around the Western United States, and like we say, SU eight and one at home so far this season, defending home court. The only loss that they had was to a very, very good Idaho team. There's a really good chance that they win seven of their last eight games here, yeah. leapfrog a couple teams, and yeah. end up in the top three of the conference. But it's not going to be easy, uh, especially with a matchup against Montana State on the horizon, who has been really, really good this season. And you know, Northern Colorado is always good. Weber. Gave them all they wanted um, on the road. So it'll be interesting to see. I think one key to watch for is the same thing we're talking about with Cameron Leadson and the men's basketball team applies to the women's team. Becca Cardenas, probably the best player in the conference in my eyes. Um, how do you try and get around when she's not playing well or when opponents really emphasize stopping her? That's where you need to look to these kind of secondary performers. Harley Hansen calling her a secondary performer is not fair because she has also been excellent this season season shooting 41 percent from three-point land and Shay Fano who is shooting 47 percent from three-point range this season pretty absurd uh, production from them but now just trying to achieve that consistency and and play well every single game is something that's completely different but you have three scorers and double digits on this team that's something that SU hasn't had for a very long time and it's something that's pretty uncommon for uh, this level of women's basketball but like you say the teams ahead of them Arizona State or excuse me Northern Arizona Montana State Idaho and Montana four very very strong teams and Idaho State 
They're a game and a half behind Idaho State right now, uh, who you mentioned is on a four-game winning streak. It's going to be a tough, tough grind, but having those games at home, I think, makes it at least possible for SU to flip the tables and uh, make a big run heading into the conference tournament. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good good place to watch those. And uh, I think that the fans need to get out and really support this team because they're so much fun to watch, you know. Now to finish things off, I want to introduce a special guest, Amanda Walton. Amanda is the life editor for SU News. So you, you yes. write about campus happenings. Yeah, it's a lot about campus life, pop culture, uh, my life. I have a column, so I'll write stuff in that. I, we got Amanda on here because she's an expert in all things film and tv <laughs> stop it i mean you're as close <laughs> as an expert to anyone i know you, you're very well versed in uh thank you in the world of film mckay also for different reasons voiced <laughs> in the world of, of video yeah the most talented social media producer this side of the mississippi is that oh, fair oh, I, I, I would take that thank <laughs> you this side of the virgin river i don't know you're I, I, i'll take any of those that's a big compliment <laughs> Th- thank you we brought amanda in and mckay mckay's always here but we brought amanda in to talk about our top five favorite TV shows. I think this is something regular we want to do every week. A little top five, a little random bit of, uh, I don't know. Well, what are top fives? Trivia. trivia? It's not really trivia. Fa- fun facts. F- Buzzfeed. Uh, power rankings. Power rankings. Okay. That's good. TV like show that. power rankings. Um, I imagine we'll have pretty different things. We'll have some similar things. But I'm, we I'm might excited for this. This yeah. is probably what I'm most excited for on the show. I'm a little there. stressed. <laughs> what, what do you find stressful about this? I just really want everyone to think I'm smart and well-versed <laughs> in film. And if I say something dumb. <laughs> I already told everybody that you're an expert. So you, okay. <laughs> you better get these right. If it's okay with everybody, I'm going to start here. Yeah. Let's Number five. It. Oh, you guys rank them? Oh, shoot. You got to rank them. What do you? I'm it's sorry, a top I'm five. Sorry, I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. Number five. <laughs> This is such a, a cliche sports boy show, but number five, I have Friday Night Lights. Okay. Classic, classic high school football sports drama. Coach Taylor, I wish he was a real person. That's all I'm saying. Um, number four, I think we're probably, I don't know if Amanda will have this, but I'm sure you will. I have The Office. Oh, wow. Four. All the way down at four. We'll talk about it. Okay. We'll talk all about right. it. Number three, I, this is the one I bet neither of you have seen. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Have I've heard seen? of it. I haven't seen it, have but seen like, okay? I know about I've it. I've not seen it. You have to see it. <laughs> I know I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. It's just one of those, like, 20 minutes at a time laugh fest. That it, it was on Hulu. I think it is still on Hulu. It was on Netflix for a long time, but it's not anymore. Check that one out. Number two, not a funny show, Breaking Bad. You Please tell me you've seen Breaking Bad. You're both looking at me. <laughs> so that's supposed to be my spring semester show. That's what I was going to watch this semester, and it hasn't happened yet. But I really want to see it. I've heard so many good things about it. It's the most... Uh, compelling show i've ever seen yeah it's like i've heard it's just amazing you end one episode and it's like well sorry whatever homework i had <laughs> for the next three days <laughs> because uh about to watch my heisenberg take care of damage here number one i'm sure you, neither of you seen the show arrested development we were just talking about this we yesterday. were talking i talk about the show all the time because it's so funny i love dry very witty like yeah little jabby punchy humor they have like a banana stand right yep there's That's always money in the banana stand as well. Yeah. yeah, it's basically just like this really rich family that uh, their real estate empire that they have is collapsing around them and they're trying to adjust to not having so much money. It's it's, it's really clever. You should give it a try. Yeah. All right, McKay, tell me what you got for your top Gosh. five. All righty. So number one and, and one or two, I mean, if you know me, I love both of these shows so much and it's so hard trying to uh, debate on which one is one and which one is two, but uh, 
for number one. I got Parks and Rec. Ooh. Uh, if nice. You may not know who I am, but if you've seen a guy walking around campus with a, a, a white shirt with a giant Ron Swanson face, <laughs> that's that's definitely me. I love, love Ron. It's Galentine's Day today. That, it is Galentine's Leslie Day. Leslie Nope's favorite holiday. Happy right. Galentine's. Holiday. <laughs> that's right. I, see? So yeah. I just, I love Parks and Rec. Uh, I, I, I just, I feel like I can connect with Ron and, and Burt Macklin and Andy Dwyer, even though Burt and Andy are the same guy. Burt Macklin. Uh, I just... <laughs> Love that show, and then and two is The Office. Uh, same thing. I just love it. It's All right. Well, I gotta ask you why you put Parks and Rec ahead of The Office because I know that those oh. are your, oh, your two true loves. It, and it, and it's, uh, it's a tender subject with a lot of people. If, if you throw that hot take out there, I feel like the majority of people will say The Office. I actually did a, a presentation in my, my comm class last semester on, on why Parks and Rec is better, and it was uh, <laughs> it, it got a little heated. I mean, you could tell some people were offended, but. I felt like I made some compelling cases. And, and the big one is, I just feel like Parks and Rec, it came after The Office, and I feel like they learned from their mistakes. They perfected the formula Yeah, and, and, and The Office has great characters, um, but that's it. The, you've got, like, your your three kind of main characters and then kind of some other people in The Office. How many seasons did Parks and Rec run? Uh, I want to say seven, and I think okay. The Office is, like, nine. That's yeah. that's big. Yeah, so can I weigh can, in on something? Yeah. yeah. So... Parks and Rec is also over the office for me because I hate basically everyone in the office. Like, they're funny. They make for good television and it's well written. But, like, I don't... Like, there's not one character where I'm like, man, I hope they're doing good in life, you know? With Parks and Rec, I'm like, I really have an emotional attachment to all of these people and they make mistakes, but I still love them. And The Office, I'm just like, oh my gosh, Michael, it's I cringy. hate you. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so, so cringy. cringy. And if you're into cringy humor, then yeah. most of those people like The Office more, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I just there, there's some office episodes that I have to skip, like the dinner party. Yeah, dinner party. Scott's Ooh. tots. Uh, oh, the one Scott's where oh my gosh. Michael <laughs> Michael breaks up with <sighs> Pam's mom on her birthday. Like, oh, there's yeah. just episodes that you, you also get anxiety like, thinking about Mike. that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think season two through season like five of The Office is every episode it's is yeah. just great. Yeah. It's That's amazing. why I had it at number four. Yeah, but I also agree. I think that once Jim and Pam get married, the show's over. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's just I, I feel like you yeah, got the, the same the, the same characters that it's all mm-hmm. about. Parks and Rec, you can have an episode on Andy, you can have one oh on, on Ron or Leslie, or Tom. Like, it's, there's just there's so much more that you can work with there. Um, so that, that's why it, I rank it. They're both shot in very similar ways. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it's like. I don't know how you describe it. It's a a mockumentary, yeah. I do appreciate the office's use of, like, breaking that fourth wall, you know, like, the weird thing with Pam and, like, the producer, and then, like, the end where they're like, oh, this is what you were making this for? Like, I really appreciate (laughs) that. I think that's cool. (laughs) I like like the ending of The Office a lot more than the ending of Parks. Yeah, I agree. I I will say. I agree. There's one scene where Michael is, like, in his office, and I don't remember what it is, but there's something stinky in there. It's and the chili. It's the and chi- and <laughs> what you tell it? Sorry. They, basically, they're doing an interview with him, and then as they zoom out, and they're not even in the same room as him for the interview. It's like <laughs> that kind of fourth wall yeah. breaking stuff is so so good. Yeah. No. It's sorry. It's when uh, someone poops in his office, yeah. and Creed walks by and he goes, "Someone making chili." <laughs> That's why I got it confused. <laughs> All right, McKay, hit us with three through three through five on this. All right, uh, number three, very very different TV show than. Parks and Rec in the Office, and yep. that's 24. Okay. I love you, you seen that. I, I love Jack Bauer. Um, just, I'm all about, you know, the action, and I, I, don't know, I thought that was a great, great show. So that's one of those special agent shows, right? He, yep. like, saves the world. Yep. How accurate do you think the time actually is? Do you think it's one-to-one 
in the 24 hours because isn't that the whole point of the show is yeah, it takes I, place an hour at a time I, that's cool I feel like I feel like they do a pretty good job I mean I don't know how they do it with like commercial breaks and all that because yeah. like when you'd be watching it live like when the show comes back and it shows the time like it's it's spot on so that's pretty um, fascinating I, it's it's yeah, pretty cool really like cool. how they did that and the fact that I you could like tell that. a whole story in one episode and still keep it like kind of exciting with the rest of the season um it was just a really unique way how they they shot it and how they told the story um and it kind of felt like there was like the first third of the movie or the first third of the season there was like that that first kind of villain guy and that leads into the next guy and then the plot twist and then like the yeah. last villain you know so cool uh, i just i feel like they really made those well and it was just it was just different and those then, like late 2000s network tv action shows there were some they really were good, good ones. yeah like, i they had some good good stuff all right, what do you got for number four? Number four, uh, my boy Peter Griffin. I, I love Family, you like family guy. guy. I'm, I'm a big Family Guy guy. No, I I think it's, I think it's hilarious. There's definitely. Some I've never seen enough of it there, to really form my opinion. Yeah. I'm never gonna watch a Family Guy episode for the rest of my life, but I will <laughs> always laugh at the little clips and things that people put oh, on Twitter. Yeah. The little flashback segments are always it's, just, it's just great. And there's lines that are crossed that you wonder how on earth they even got that on TV. But yeah. there there are some funny things. <laughs> And then uh, five, very, very different from Family Guy in 24. I got to go back to my Disney roots, uh, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. That was, that was okay. my show. That was my Disney Channel show growing up. So I, I love that one. Were you guys Disney Channel kids or were you yeah. like cartoon kids? I was more Disney, Disney Channel. Disney Channel. I was cartoons through and through. It's like, what mm. kind of cartoons? I just watched SpongeBob like SpongeBob. Oh, I, oh, I watched yeah. Cartoon yeah. Network a lot though. Yeah. I love like the misadventures of Flapjack, Chow- yeah. Chowder, all those shows. <laughs> Chowder. Dude, I used to watch Teen Titans though. Oh my gosh, I watched so much Teen my Titans when I was in that. elementary school. Yeah. All right, Amanda. Expert. This has to be the best yeah. top five of the stop. top fives. Okay, so. stop. That's why you're last. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, and number five, I have Haunting of Hill House. Um, Haunting of Hill House. You guys, have you seen that? It's nope. spooky, right? No. Yeah. Um, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Uh, so they've only made one season so far, but the second one comes out like next month, I think. Um, and it's based on the book by Shirley Jackson, Haunting of Hill House, but the plot really isn't that similar. Um, but what I really appreciate it, first of all, so it's directed by Mike Flanagan and I love him. Um, his directing is just fantastic. And there's an episode where it is all done in like three shots. Like they have like 20 minute long shots in the episode. They had to build the set of the shows so that they were connected just for that one episode. Dang. It was, it is so impressive. Um, and like, yeah. Uh, and the horror is just really satisfying like it scared me is it like jumpy or is it more kind of slow and thoughtful um it's both there are definite jump scares it's ghosties and ghosties scare me and so in that aspect (laughs) like everything's just kind of eerie but it's also a lot about like family trauma and you know uh getting through childhood trauma a lot yeah so it's really well done the second season comes out soon and it's going to be a totally new set of characters like whole new story but they're using the same cast which i think will be really interesting so Number four. Number four, Sherlock, because of course, dude. <laughs> when I was in middle school, I was a Sherlock and Supernatural girl. That, was that BBC Sherlock or which? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. BBC, Benedict Cumberbatch, my boy, Martin Freeman. Uh, no, I mean I, literally the network, not Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, but it, oh, the also? network is BBC, but Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> is the star. He's Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and uh, that's just like my favorite just like, of Tumblr the mystery. show. Oh, yeah, I was so into it. Yeah, the writing is fantastic, and like, I was such a big Tumblr girl, you know. So I would be <laughs> <laughs> reblogging uh, John and Sherlock like fan art. 
Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. Number three. Number three, uh, Jane the Virgin. Okay. I've heard that show's really funny. It is really funny and really well written. Um, and what I think is most impressive about it is it's about this uh, Latino family and like telenovelas. And so it's the show is stylized to be like an American telenovela. Yeah. Um, but it is so like the representation is phenomenal. I think you get a really good view of what Latino culture is like. Um, and there's a ton of drama and it's so awesome and so feminist and it's like so up my alley. Like I just really no, love that's, it. That's some great perspective because me and McKay, we're not going to list Jane the Virgin. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I can't say I've checked it out. That's okay. <laughs> but we will. And, and who knows? Maybe somebody out there listening to this. My brother got really into it for a while. Like if it's good sometimes finding good tv is literally just about finding the show yeah because there's so much good stuff out there all right yeah. give us number three what was that was that number that three? was three number i'm two, not good at keeping track that's good <laughs> number two i'm gonna say is friends um okay and like i see the big issues with it i get why a lot of people don't like it but i would watch on like teen nick at night they would do reruns at like 9 or 9 30 and i'd okay. watch them when i was a kid um and then when it came out on netflix i like finally sat down and watched everything all the way through and it's just that show where like if i wake up in the middle of the night in a fright <laughs> and i can't fall back asleep i <laughs> how often are you waking in the middle <laughs> yeah, of the night from fright? too often oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. man. Uh, well, there's a lot of episodes so you're good <laughs> yeah and it's just something i can watch over and over again and i always think it's funny you know do you just find the chummy relationships interesting because I, I just feel like there's not a much enough of like a storyline no I'm I'm not, I, I don't I, like friends I can't do it. it's mainly the the writing I think the dialogue is really funny I think there's a lot of really clever jokes and yeah I think that they establish uh, pretty grounded characters it doesn't like the, the storyline is the characters right it's not oh, like yeah. they're like working towards no any. no okay. no it's just the characters lives but it's like Seinfeld but yeah younger. but I get you know like really we're gonna focus on like six white people living in <laughs> new york like i get it it's very the, the privilege is all over the what place isn't the i don't know i guess it's not really official yet but wasn't there supposed to be a reboot with more an ethnically diverse cast i don't know i feel like i've heard that somewhere it would not surprise me all right whatever number yeah. one amanda okay this is expert one. number one okay the <laughs> definitive number one show so this is just right now in time what my number one show is okay. and it's adventure time <laughs> okay okay uh so i haven't i haven't even finished it yet i'm only in like season six i think uh because like four through six each season has like 50 episodes it's insane there's so much yeah uh i think the humor is so spot on i think the show's really really smart in making commentary but not shoving Definitely. it down your throat um those relationships i love them i th the artwork i love like so many weird quirky things to love about that show and i think it speaks to a lot of people i think that that show is going to be the show of our generation or like the, the people a little bit younger than us yeah um just because of that kind of like it's silly it but it talks yeah. about deep stuff i feel like yeah. that's that's a lot of what uh people our age kind it of it is so things smart with. and so weird yeah so so weird they really do take that show so lightly like they'll yeah. just throw the most random little jokes at you yeah and expect you to catch up I, I like that show quite a bit yeah it's interesting because cartoons are becoming more and more common now totally steven universe yeah. is like a huge deal right now like bojack horseman yeah bojack bob's um, burgers big mouth yeah <laughs> i've not watched big mouth i don't plan on it but yeah uh, no. i've heard it's very good the animated shows are it scares me are, uh, they're not cartoons anymore the, the way that yeah. they used to be no. you know yeah totally you just have so many you can break so many different barriers when it's animated, you know? I think you have a lot more leeway. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, Amanda, thank you for joining us. You're thank so you welcome. For Thanks for having me. Giving us the definitive top five. I loved it. Oh, yeah. I'm was the only one we had in common that. The Office? Between uh, me and The King? Office wasn't even on my list. Was that the only one that was shared? That's pretty crazy. Between the that's three of us. That's crazy nuts. about our generation, too, is that yeah. so many of yeah. us We're watch watching such, such different things. things. Yeah. Well, sick. I feel like in these next couple months, um, there's going to be a few kicked off my list with all these new Marvel shows coming out. Because I, oh, I love Loki. Marvel. So I'm. I'm I'm always I'm already prepared to kick a few off my list. You so know. I'm I don't know I'm kind of lukewarm on the new Marvel shows. I don't yeah. think I'm gonna watch them. I've they've At they all? just they took like 20 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm yeah. just like take take more. I, you can you can use. All I really you want. only care about Loki because it has Tom Hiddleston, and like I said, I was a Tumblr girl, and I was so in love with him. I wrote fan fiction about him, and I'm <laughs> oh, proud of it. <laughs> romantic fan fiction, or? yeah, but it's PG. You gonna share some stuff <laughs> on air with us? One day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, there's Loki, Black Widow, and then Falcon and. Uh, yeah. Falcon. Well, Winter Soldier and yeah. Captain America, whatever. And uh, Wanda, right? I don't know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm a total Wait, Marvel Wanda freak, so don't you? I'm pumped. Yeah. Just kidding. Oh. Whatever Wanda magic. Oh, oh. <laughs> not Wanda. <laughs> Someday, you know, Marvel's got a lot of power if they can pull anything off. Yeah, um, seriously. But that has been this week's edition of the Thundercast featuring McKay Pett and Amanda Wallen. I'm Connor Sanders. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back once again next week. Um, yeah. That's all we got for you. Any last thoughts, guys? I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no? Adios. All right, gamers rise Bye-bye. up. We'll see you next week.